1: Dallas Cowboys rookie tight end Luke Schoonenmiker could be the opening day starter at tight end. All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
2: You are Locked On Cowboys, your lock, daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast lock, Network, your lock, team every lock, day.
1: Locked lock, On. Locked lock, lock, On. Cowboys. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast net- Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we are reviewing uh, some more notes from OTA practices for the Dallas Cowboys. But how was your Memorial Day weekend?
0: It was good. It was nice to get the little extended day off, and uh, this is always an interesting time, you know, in the football calendar because it kind of marks the beginning of the beginning, right? Yes. Like the the, the, the start the of summer, camp. right? That's right. The OTAs, the stuff that they start having to do early on before they take kind of an extended break, and then come back for the beginning mm-hmm. of training camp. So uh, it's it's a good time to kind of get the very early glimpses of uh, what you know direction certain things may be headed. Uh, or just kind of peek through the keyhole a little bit. So I'm excited to do that.
1: Yeah, so we've got some notes that I want to review from Mickey Spagnola over at DallasCowboys.com. Uh, the first one is Cowboys rookie tight end Luke Schoonemaker lining up with the first team. He was the first tight end in line in a lot of the drills uh, he, when they were Cowboys were doing some of their seven-on-seven seven and the team stuff. He was the tight end on the field. And I think that's noteworthy considering Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot we both president practice. They were doing stuff. What are your thoughts on Sch- Schoonermaker kind of already getting starting uh, reps for this team? I mean, I, I don't think I'm terribly shocked. I mean, you know, I, I think
0: that there has been a lot of talk about, you know, Ferguson just being handed this job and and, and kind of, you know, Schoonermaker getting in where he, wherever he can fit in, you know. But, I mean, Schoonermaker was a second-round pick. And, and and pedigree matters. And, and I think that they're going to give – him every opportunity to get a ton of playing time and whether that's as the second tight end in a whole bunch of 12 personnel or rotating as the starter on the, as the one tight end uh, when, when there's only one tight end in the field, I I do think that he's going to get a healthy dose of, of snaps uh, and, and, and and a full opportunity to kind of be the first, uh, uh, tied in off on the field when when they deploy them, so I I do think that we're going to see them kind of accelerate Schoonamaker's at least learning process so that there can be a competition. And that's the other thing to remember here is that they need to get these guys a certain amount of install to even facilitate a, a, a competition in training yeah. camp, right? Like they have to have their rookies at at least similar kind of knowledge base of the offense so that they can compete when it's time to yeah. compete. So I think that's what you're we seeing here with, with Schoonermaker is that they're getting him ready to be in the competition for snaps at, at the start as a starting tight end.
1: You mentioned the pedigree. Another reason why the pedigree matters is the Cowboys felt like we need to spend a second round pick on Schoonermaker. Even yeah. after what we saw from Jake Ferguson in Peyton Hendershot as rookies, it would be different if you drafted Schoonermaker in the second round, and then you turned around and you drafted Jake Ferguson in the fourth round in the same draft. No, it's, Pretty clearly, like the Cowboys thought, we need an upgrade. We're going to spend a top 60 pick on this position. Let's get this guy going. And then on top of that, because he's already an older prospect, what, he turns 25 during his rookie year, maybe they feel like we can't really sit around and wait for him to develop. Like he needs to start playing now. And maybe they feel like he already is developed. And that's why there was an appeal to drafting him in the second round is, hey, he can be ready to go and be our starting tight end from day one.
0: Yeah, part of the appeal of going to get one of these kind of, uh, you know, uh, Stanford through Michigan, you know, the hardball tight ends, right, yeah. is that they they come in pretty well developed and so that they can hit the ground running. And, and look, I, I think the other thing to kind of remember here is think about what has walked out that door with, with Dalton Schultz. It's a mm-hmm. lot of production, a lot of snaps, doing a lot of different stuff. So even if... Uh, uh th- there wasn't a pedigree issue here. Like I, you would have to imagine that Ferguson is not just stepping right into Dalton Schultz's production, no. like you know, right away, and is ready to go. So you need you need all the help you can get. You're going to have to kind of cobble together that production with a couple different guys, including shot including uh, schoonemaker and obviously including Ferguson. So uh, I, I think that we kind of get myopic about you know tight end one and about. You know, position. I think the truth of the matter is, is that there's a lot of production that they're going to have to replace, uh, and to ask someone, even Jake Ferguson, uh, uh, who had a good year last year, but Mm -hmm. asking Jake Ferguson to come in and and produce that all by himself—that's a tall order. So, so drafting a high-ranked guy to kind of come in, so you can pair them together, and, and hopefully you know, find a way to, to kind of triangulate that, that 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 production between the three of the tight ends that you do have in the room. I think that's smart football, and that's a, the best way to make sure that you are replacing what has locked out of the door with Schultz.
1: I, I will say this. There's just no chance that one of these guys is going to be on the field for like 95% of snaps. Like this is going to be a tight end rotation, right?
0: Yeah, tight end by by committee. You know, it's I I think they'll they'll play a lot of twelve personnel because and thirteen because they like these guys and you'll yep. see them on the field at the same time. But even when they don't, even when it's just one tight end, I imagine that it's not necessarily going to be only Ferguson or only Gunmaker, unless. You know, one of them really, really breaks out and becomes kind of in that upper tier of tight ends, which is certainly possible. You guys are young. Would love and that. Like, that would be an awesome yeah. problem to have, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's the hope is that, you know, yeah. oh, maybe the light really turns on for Ferguson and he really takes a huge step this year. That'd be fantastic if that happened. If it doesn't, you've got Schoonemaker, you've got Hendershot to kind of, like I said, for not not to take the place of, not in, in lieu of, but in, in support of Ferguson yes. to kind of make sure that you get all the production that you need from the position.
1: Uh, I've got two more questions on this tight end position. Uh, number one, who do you think the Cowboys want to win this job? Like in an ideal world, if they could say, hey, one of these guys is going to break out and become you know, our every down tight end. Do you think it is, Schoonemaker?
0: I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I, I think that it's... It's tough because clearly they like Scootamaker a lot just based solely on where they drafted him, right? Um, I think that – I I mean, I think that they would like to have two – solid
1: tight ends that they could rotate. I I almost think that he would rather have that than having just one guy separate themselves from the pack. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think because, and look, I mean, despite what they're looking very similar and Cowboys clearly having a body type with tight ends, they're very different type players, right? Like, you know, Ferguson's more of a yak guy and get the ball in his hands to see what he can do. Uh, maker is more of kind of a big target that you you can you know move around a little bit and he, he can uh, uh you can get him open and like crossing routes and stuff like that. So and more of maybe like a a a, kind of a seam runner, you know. Yeah. So uh I think that they are kind of different tight ends and and, and if you don't have uh, a Kelsey or uh, you know one of those top guys that can kind of do everything, though, even Kelsey doesn't do everything. No, he I you mean, know he really like only does one just, thing. Yeah, he's just a receiver. So. I, yeah. I think that you know there is something to the idea that you know maybe you find a guy who could be your dominant tight end, but you're still going to end up playing these other guys. I mean, dominant receiving tight end, but you're still going to end up playing the rest of these guys no matter what, because just for their different differing skill sets.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is probably a bad example, but I remember like the Ravens in like the 2012 ish time they had Dennis Pitta and was it um there's Dickerson Ed Dickerson or yeah, something Dickerson, like that. Yeah. yeah, but they would have two tight ends that weren't individually awesome, but together it was a really nice combo and it made their offense really hard to stop. So I kind of think the Cowboys are going to look to do something similar. The, the other question I had for you, uh, if you had to bet on one of these tight ends to have the play, the most snaps, I don't really care about the starter part because a lot of that's just based on seniority or whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. who ends up playing the most snaps at the tight end position this year for Dallas?
0: I think Ferguson, just because, you know, the combination of him being, you know, the kind of, I mean, he's the kind of veteran of this group, even if he may not be any older than Hendershot, right? Well, I okay, think Scootmaker's the, and... the oldest though, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I think you know, Ferguson is the guy that has probably got the most, you know, obviously NFL experience at this point. Um, so I imagine that he will kind of come out as the the front runner, you know, up front. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. You know, I I, I I'm maybe going Luke.
1: hits what'd you say? I'm gonna pick Luke to do it because yeah. I think I kinda think he's the best blocker already of the three. Right, and If you're going to be on the field, the block, you're probably going to play a lot of snaps and maybe they'll rotate Ferguson and Hendershot in, but uh, we'll see. Tight end room is one of the, I, I mean, in terms of like question marks, I think that's the biggest one we have for the Cowboys kind of going into the season just because the, the top tight end on this team had like 189 receiving well, yards last year. Well, and, and the
0: other thing too, is that you drafted a guy who, even though these guys are all the same, similarly sized, the, the guy you drafted has a little bit higher pedigree, has a little bit better, more height, has a little bit more speed. You know, so it, it yes. feels like Schoonemaker maybe is uh, uh, just a half tier uh, more of an athlete, more of a pedigree than than the yes. rest of these guys. But he's going to have to work into it, and tight end is a position that you know you usually kind of have to work. Into.
1: All right, Lane. Let's talk about another rookie who saw time with the first team uh, during OTAs next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. You've absolutely got to try this. They taste amazing, but they're healthy. I I can't even explain how great they are. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Bilt does it because these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to Bilt.com to order your specialty bars, which you can still do, by the way. But now you can run into your local Walmart Go to the pharmacy section and pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate bar, or the coconut puff. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, we want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to be answering your Twitter questions, so make sure you send them in to me at Marcus underscore Mosher. All right, Landon, our next note comes from Mickey Spagnuolo. Again, he says that uh, Eric Scott, a cornerback that the Cowboys drafted uh, late on day three, was taking reps with a first-team defense uh, opposite of Stephon Gilmore. Now, we, we need to clarify some stuff here. No Trayvon Diggs uh, at practice. He, he was in the building, didn't practice. Uh, they had Kelvin Joseph playing in the slot, but he was ahead of Deron Bland. Is that interesting to you? They're trading
0: Trayvon Diggs and Eric Scott as your new starter. Breaking, breaking news, guys. No, I, I, I think it's, um, you know, again, we we kind of talked about this last week a little bit too, right? Uh, and maybe a little bit yesterday on the show, where, uh, you know, I think depth chart is really tough to kind of harsh right now right like yeah don't overreact to anything right yeah they're giving all these guys opportunities to kind of do different things to work in different groups to kind of just see try things out this is not a a, they're not in competition mode yet uh they're they're in they're in learning mode so i i think what it shows you is that they're very serious about getting eric scott ready to play some defensive snaps uh or see if he can play some defensive snaps Uh, You know, as soon as this year, I I think that they're, they, they know what they like in the guy as a, uh, as a special teamer. Uh, I think they like the idea of potentially, you know, having him as a game day uh, active guy because they potentially would like him to play, you know, a, a variety of special teams. Uh, but i think that they they have this is the point where they have to kind of teach him and see if if he's ever going to be able to give you anything as a defender if if you know a couple guys get hurt and go down and you yep. need to plug him in so that's why you're seeing a lot of this stuff that's why you're seeing a lot of the kind of uh, uh, kelvin joseph you know and and just to kind of circle back on that note that we had it does sound like kelvin joseph was doing some kind of free safety stuff so i think they are actually trying to like kind of see what kind of roles these guys can play Uh, Some of the, you know, mostly if you, if you're paying attention to the down roster defensive backs, right. And, and, and other folks there, and and not even just defensive backs, you see the same thing with Isaiah land and some of these other guys, they're seeing the versatility that can be applied to these down roster game day guys so that they can see how well they can fit them into their game day rosters. And if you'll notice, it's Calvin Joseph, it's, it's Scott, it's, it's land, it's guys who they have plans for on special teams, right. They're just seeing what they can do on defense.
1: Really quickly on Calvin Joseph, I just wouldn't react to the safety stuff too much because we've seen no, Jordan no, Lewis no, no. take safety snaps and OTS. Like, it's clear they want him to try to be a slot guy, but if he they're needs to be back, gets the wall right now, exactly. you know,
2: it's
1: 100% yeah. what it is. And back to Eric Scott, I think they just need to find out, like, Nation Wright and Eric Scott, who is the better outside cornerback? Because if they're comparable on special teams, we're going to go with a guy that can at least give us something on defense. So they're probably just trying to figure right. out things. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if Eric Scott was one of your top four cornerbacks oh, yeah. this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that. Even then, like if I were to say top five cornerbacks, that would be maybe a little bit of a stretch. So, this is one where I I know he was getting starting snaps against Michael Gallup, but please don't overreact to this one. Yeah, they're just seeing what's
0: what. What these guys can do. Like this is all yeah. just uh, exploratory. This is not you know you know oh let's. All right, yep. he's earned his spot. Let's see if he can uh go out there and 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 keep it it's it's more just they're teaching these guys how to to run inside the defense they're they're learning the calls yep. they're doing all sometimes it's easier to learn like how to run these calls and, and 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 identify offenses and stuff when you're in a defensive backfield with field with vets. They know yep. what they're doing they know how to make the calls and sometimes being lining up with those guys can just show you the standard you know exactly. and so I think that's what, what's going on here. They're getting these guys reps with, with the ones to kind of give them experience, not not necessarily to uh, see if they can, this guy can be a starting corner, but more just to help him learn so that when it comes competition time, he's not mm-hmm. having to think about it as well.
1: All right, let's get to some other notes. This one, again, from Mickey. He says that it was good to see Matt Walesco back on the field practicing after undergoing shoulder surgery last season, uh, landing in on injured reserve for the final 11 games. Remember, he's 6'7", 320 pounds and working exclusively at left tackle.
0: Yeah, so actually they the Cowboys uh, site had, had uh, some video of, of practice a little bit, just to kind of like with the blitz or whatever in the background mm-hmm. of, of some of their shows. Well, Let's Go cool. looks good, man. <laughs> like He, he is big. <laughs> he's so big. Uh, and obviously 6'7", 320 says it, but, right? But uh, I think that you see like the kind of – the, the the draw here for a guy that big that long you know that athletic he moved he looked like he was moving well um you know he's it's it's a long way that he's coming and he's coming from a uh, after a shoulder injury and, and there's there's a lot that he's gonna have to work to overcome uh you know just based on where he started and where he's trying to get to but i i think that if you can get well let's go into a spot where his technique is Clean enough that he's, you know, not getting you killed. Uh, this is a guy that you'd love to c- to continue to develop. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just has such great tool set. And this isn't like a, uh, you know, a Josh Ball situation where you know you tried him out in a couple different spots. You're not ex- exactly sure what you're going to get with this guy. Well, let's go. Uh, it's it's a pretty clear path. Like he needs to get a li- he needs to get stronger and he needs mm-hmm. to kind of get some experience. But you're very clear on what what his path is. He's going to be a tackle, uh, and and if he can figure out you know the kind of nuance of the game and get a little bit of more core strength, uh, and, and you know you wonder how much of that he was able to do with the with the shoulder surgery in the off season. But if he was able to kind of get some of his core strength up and kind of just understand the nuance of the position he's playing a little bit more. I think there's a lot of upside there well, and, and potentially he could come in as your swing tackle. I think is your, your best, your best hope for what he could be this year.
1: I, I even wonder though, like, would he even be a swing tackle? It, it, what I mean is like, if he's going to play, is it going to be at left tackle exclusively? Maybe. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's the best way. way yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the best way for success here is don't overwhelm him trying to learn the footwork and the technique for two different spots. Let him just focus on left tackle Because if he hits and he he is a left tackle, you've hit a home run. And if it doesn't work out and he can't play left tackle, then whatever. You move on, it's a fifth-round pick. It's not a big deal. But I kind of would rather just see him have like multiple years figuring out one position. And then if he does figure that out, maybe down the road you can try moving him around. But I want to see what he looks like after a full offseason of just learning one spot. Yeah, of
0: all these guys that they have in this room, it feels like, well, let's go and, and you know, maybe, you know, some of the, the, the kid from Kansas that they just signed, you know, th- th- they Boston. feel like, yep. yeah, where they, they're a ball of clay, you know, it's like yep. they need to kind of continue to work traits for these guys as they don't have necessarily uh, a ton of experience that you're, satisfied with or you feel like you need to you you can just uh, deploy out in the field so if you can get either one of those guys to kind of hit at that position yeah and that's why you draft or or sign undrafted free agents like that down rosters because the upside is is huge
1: all right we've got one more note on a second year player that could be in for a bigger role in 2023 let's get to that one next
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Landon, our last note from OTA practice. uh, This is, again, from Mickey Spagnola. He says, keep an eye on second-year running back Malik Davis. The kid flashes an undrafted rookie averaging 4.2 yards per carry. The coaches were doing uh, some short yardage and goal line stuff last night, and you know he just jumps off the tape. It's not about replacing Zeke. It's about opportunities for the young guys. That was Mike McCarthy talking about uh, some of the film study they were doing on Malik Davis. So do you buy that Malik Davis is going to be the first guy up to replace Zeke's goal line production? I mean, I can see it. You know, like
0: uh, I think that – you, you saw some positive stuff from him last year and, and, and he, you know, he averaged over four yards of carry on and what was it, 30 plus 35 plus yeah. carries. Uh, so he showed you a little something. And I think he has, they, they really liked him before beforehand as well. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably two tenish you know, probably. he's not, he's not Zeke sized, but, but I think as far as what you've got in the room currently, outside of Lipke, he's probably the the most you know hammerish of those guys right yeah. uh, and i think that so there is some uh, thought i can understand the thought there uh, you know the thing that's interesting about that is that malik is i like malik and i think he should definitely get a shot uh kind of as, in a role of some sort in this running running back room but i mean i don't specifically think of him as like a a
1: hammer between the tackles. I mean, like, I, I don't he's more think that of a
0: balanced running back. Yeah. Right? He,
1: I think he's just a more balanced do all do it everything running back. Right. But yeah. So if it's, you're going it's, to, if you're going to take Tony Pollard off the field, I do think Davis makes some sense. as that other oh, running sure. back on the roster? Yeah. I, I just think that the role of like, you know,
0: goal line back or short yardage back seems just kind of arbitrary because it's well, not like, like you're saying
1: goal line running back only. Right.
0: Yeah. Or like, yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, like I, I don't know putting him in versus Pollard is like so much of an improvement no, in size no, no, and no. power. Right. Like just, it's, well, Pollard's it, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, there's that, right. Like uh I, I will say that, 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 that there has been issues at times with Pollard. Pollard can tend to lose yardage uh in short yardage situations because he tries to pick the holes sometimes you know although he Um, was pretty efficient no yeah i mean mean, i thought i think last year that's something that he has definitely improved severely the last few years like that is that has been part of the market improvement with him these last two seasons but i kind of think that malik davis as goal line back or you know that being his role like that's kind of just By process of elimination right they don't really have anybody else to kind of do that so he's not zach crockett or michael stott reincarnated right no so you know when you know it's early august they sign a 230 pound back or you know Lipke is clearly making the team and is going to be
1: on the game day roster i imagine someone like that will probably take over those rules i I will say i still think malik davis to me, is the favorite to be the RB two on this team, right? And whatever that role ends up being, whether you know he is the goal linebacker or just the guy that gets you know eight carries a game, just to kind of spell Tony Pollard, I kind of agree with Mike McCarthy though. Like he popped on tape. I remember the yeah. Green Bay game. Like late in that game, he was running hard, and I was kind of shocked that the Cowboys didn't give him more touches because he was running so well. I think that's one where I at least would like to see. Okay, what happens if we give him more touches? Like, does he just continue to look good every time we give him more opportunities? Because I am certainly interested here. Yeah, he certainly earned the opportunities.
0: You know, I, yeah. I think that's that's the thing you see on tape is that yeah. uh, he 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 definitely you know on his play on the field you know during games, but also during practices and training camp, he showed you something. All different. I mean, he earned that uh, opportunity to play. You know, and so I think. You get him on the field in the regular season, and then he—I think—he earned more touches. So that's okay. why they're they're kind of viewing this as a uh, uh, a job that he's got got to lose. Is he's earned that right to kind of you know be the first man up to kind of take those snaps from Zeke, and, and we'll see what happens. And again, I think the Cowboys would
1: love for him to earn that job, right? Oh, Instead yeah. of Ronald Jones, who is an option as well. We haven't <laughs> talked about him a ton, but if he can take that job, and you have that guy under contract well, I don't know, undrafted rookie free agent deal for the next two or three years. Yeah. That's a big savings that you can get at running back. So again, look for Malik Davis to get a ton of opportunities throughout the summer and OTAs as we get to training camp and then into the regular season. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked on Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to be answering your Twitter questions. So make sure you send them in to us. Uh, We've got Vach Lombardi coming up on the show on Thursday to talk about the Cowboys' offensive line. So tune in for that. You can follow the show on YouTube, Locked On Cowboys. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next
2: time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music